We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. How to finish off your redraft league to make sure you win in 2023 that is what we are doing today on road of his ot myself and sean are on the clock from the 112 drafting in the ffpc main event we have paid the two thousand dollar entry fee we are ready to go we're chasing the one million dollar top price before that we have to draft the team we have to win our individual league season that's what we're aiming to do so far we have drafted st brown cd lamb stevenson Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Brandon Ayuk, JSN, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta, and our last pick in the 10th round was Rashad Penny. So we are setting up here quite nicely. We have four, five wide receivers, four running backs, and Sam Laporta at tight end. So setting up pretty pretty nice, pretty tasty for us, Sean, so far. Since our last pick, Dalton Schultz, Tanks Bigsby. I have a problem, Sean. I always say Tanks Bigsby. I can't say it without the S at the end. I like it that way, though. I just can't figure out how to do it. It's just... I have had players over the years where I just could not pronounce correctly, and that is one of them. Uh, Nico Collins, then we get Juju Smith-Schuster, Dulcich, 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 Jamison Williams, Sean Watson, P. Ryan, Jamal Williams, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, Joanne Johnson, then we get Darnell Mooney, Devin Achain, and then we get Odell Beckham. So rounding back, there is seven picks to go before our next pick. Then we'll have, obviously, the double tap at the turn. We are going to be drafting at the 11-12. I'm very excited, Sean, with how this draft has kicked off. Firstly, how are you feeling? And then what are you thinking here at these next picks? We did talk previously about the options we hoped that may slide true to us. One of those was Jameson Williams. He went. Still hope for the the other ones sliding true here. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally on the edge of my seat. I'm fired up for this draft. It is, I mean when you have the 112 this is the perfect start now we didn't get garrett wilson but we're not going to worry too much about that when you have amon ross st brown and cd lamb the rest of those first eight rounds went perfectly i really want these two wide receivers and then once we have that i think that we can start to look at quarterback options there are some names here at 11 12 they're at least vaguely interesting we're going to need to load up on tight ends late colin we don't have a quarterback yet but according to ffpc adp our 
you know, kind of our, our first target of the two, Jared Goff barely goes ahead of the kickers and defenses. So that's the advantage of waiting. It's the advantage of having Amon Ra as your wide receiver one, because you're already kind of set up to make that the overall play. And you mentioned kickers and defenses. We talked about this previously, but with the main event, if you have a player who would play on Thursday night football, which is the Chiefs and the Lions this year, there is an option to to potentially move them out off that starting lineup if they didn't put up the scores you were having. So we're probably looking at some Lions and Chiefs in those uh, last two rounds, Sean, for for those positions, which obviously will free us up. We'll see how it plays out. Maybe we had a flat zone and we have to to do something slightly different. But so far, Sean, with how it's played out here through these, you know, last round and a half, outside of uh, the Jamison Williams pick, who you talked through on the the earlier portion, we are set up pretty pretty nicely here. Yeah, and this drafter in the eleventh slot has been utterly dominating the draft. So from that perspective, we're going to look to make up some ground over the last ten picks, but. In the short term, we're hoping that their build, which already has five wide receivers, doesn't encourage them to go receiver again here. Maybe they're feeling not some pressure at QB, but maybe they feel like there are some upside options. Anthony Richardson is here. Yeah, Prescott yeah. is here. Daniel Jones is here. Go for a QB and let the, the fun yeah. names fall to us. There is the QBs are falling a little bit in this draft. You mentioned Deshaun Watson in the last round. He went around after ADP. Who is after going, um, you know, about 10 picks after ADP, 11 picks after ADP. And then we're going to see a situation here where maybe Anthony Richardson goes around and a half after ADP. He's going to go at least that if he doesn't get selected in these next two picks. So I think uh, we're, we're set up. I think it's it's going favorably. We don't want to get, get overexcited here, but. Yeah, I'm very happy in it. Sometimes these are the parts when you get very happy in the draft, Sean, where you're you're waiting to see who they pick in case it uh, takes that happiness away. Yeah, I mean, we need this pick. Yeah, okay, Anthony Richardson. So that means we'll get at least one of these two receivers we've been talking about. I'd like to get them both. Daniel Jones does go. Call him. We got them both. Anything else that we need to look at here? I mean, Dak Prescott is available to go with CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think we will. He, now, Dak Prescott as well is around after ADP here at this point, but I, I think that we'll we'll let it roll a little bit. That would mean now at this point, I believe every other team so far has a quarterback. One team has two quarterbacks. The team out of nine has now got Allen and Tua. So we get Rice there. I, I think yeah, I think Mims has to be the pick unless we want to like if we look at the rest of our queue moving forward, we do have Rondell Moore in there at the moment, but it is heavily set up with running backs we have algier we have johnson we have spears we have white we have miller we have chuba hubbard and for anyone who's listening and who maybe hasn't got a chance to check sean zero rb list again if you rewind back you may hear some of the names that are <laughs> involved in that list but it feels like this point of the draft sean you do start to move into those tight end options you start to move into potentially looking at the quarterback and then you're filling it out with your kicker in defense that that feels like the point of the draft we are at here we have the 13th round 14 15 16 17 18 19 so we have obviously 20 as well we have eight more selections to go two of those being kicker in defense feels like we're going to need at least one quarterback we're going to need at least one more tight end we're probably sean unless something 
spectacular pops up here we're probably pretty set at, at wide receiver here with our room now having seven wide receivers at this point of the draft kaji spears was off the board he would have potentially been a, an option there at the, the running back position but it feels like we're going to see what happens over the next couple of rounds pick up a couple of those running backs that i mentioned out pick up some tight ends and round it out i think getting those two guys there there's for, for me and i'm sure it's the same with yourself there's quite a quite a break at that point to the the remaining wide receivers it gets it gets very very uh sporadic at this point you know going by adp you're looking at zay jones tyler boyd rondell moore mingo thielen Jaden reed kj osborne dj shark hodgson van jefferson hyatt tank dell michael gallup mbs uh, donald peoples jones then you're getting all the way down to to ross and samuel who may become interesting but they are a long distance away from where we made those two selections so i think there's what i would like to see here is, is some uh some wide receivers that we wouldn't want to draft get get picked over the next uh you know 20 picks or so yeah now that we're basically set at receiver you're hoping to get those receiver picks coming off and we didn't necessarily set out with only one path in mind you always want to be flexible for what your draft gives you but i think that this one has been the perfect example of how 2023 sets up we have all of those running backs and wide receivers early we added a couple more here in the double digit rounds with rashad penny rasheed rice and marvin mims and now you look at the guys who are targets for us and they're almost exclusively quarterbacks and tight ends now you had mentioned the zero rb guy so if we had taken an elite qb an elite tight end early then you have those running back names that you can fill in here so i like that part of it one of the things that does happen in ffpc main event and you want to be aware of is that it looks like that zero rb group is deep and that you can just kind of calmly work your way through it but that sort of around 11 to round 13 range they're going to more or less all go and so wipe them all out yeah i mean it can be a deep range but again you only have one pick in each round so you want to make sure that the pick that you use and, and how you're attacking those zero rb names that is very intentional you don't overstate for yourself how much rb depth you're going to be able to build but when we think through here and some of the potential values that we might get jerry goff at the 13 14 turn is compelling because of who we have as the receiver to start but also i think very compelling when we try and figure out like how are we going to win week one and so to have sam laporta there to have jerry goff there to have rasheed rice there to have players where if they hit we can play them and if they don't we can bench them that's that little bit of extra flexibility that you definitely want to emphasize in these drafts over this next week i think because goff plays in that first game and once we're into this price range of QB anyway, then you're sort of thinking, well, instead of pushing that, maybe I'll go ahead and, and make sure I take him there so that we have that optionality for that week one start dynamic. But you think about the QBs that are there. I mean, Dak Prescott still sticking on the board right now. Yeah, incredible. Then later you have Gino, you have Russell Wilson. I mean, Wilson probably a little bit less of a target than some of these other guys, but Kenny Pickett has been fantastic in training camp and in the preseason we mentioned kyler murray on the previous show as being a potential tournament winner then you have sam howell you have desmond ritter it's going to be hard to get locked out of qb and you can take some options there then you look at the tight end and hunter henry does go somewhat early in this one 
but I think that that makes sense. He's been a kind of an odd guy for me in that the RV Triflex startup that Bjorn and I are doing, I mean, he lasted basically to the end. I mean, Hunter Henry is a big name who had a bad season last year, but now profiles as a guy who could score a lot of points in this revamped New England Patriots offense. So I think that's a smart pick, even if you have to reach for him a little bit. We did a BBM draft, Sean, I don't know, maybe like, I don't know, two, three months ago. And we were talking about the options and it was Gasecki came up and I said about like, what about Hunter Henry? And at that point he was going undrafted. The, uh, the drumbeat has been more than I could ever have imagined for uh, Henry coming up here. Well, I mean, he should definitely never have been going undrafted in the first place. If anything, he's still a little bit too cheap. So that we lose an option there who sometimes comes back through. He was picked at the 1204. His ADP is the 1412. Again, just over the last 24 hours, which is quite a few drafts. But so that part is interesting. As we're looking at it here, column tight end is still the position where if we end up having some real regrets with this team, it might be there. We lose Henry, but we still have Trey McBride, a guy that I think is just mispriced. And anytime that you oh, have yes. somebody you think is clearly mispriced, number one, you want to get a lot. But number two, you want to remember that, I mean, there's a decent chance you're wrong if you have that kind of evaluation that's so far off from the community. So you don't want to gamble your entire season on Trey McBride hitting. That wouldn't make sense. We also have Michael Mayer who's available late. I mean, there are going to be some picks that we can put in. Again, if you're kind of thinking like these two rookie tight ends are going to fix the problem, that might be an overly optimistic, you know, rose-colored glasses type of view. And yet, when you have some of those guys as late options, I think you can push it a little bit as we have done. Another name here that is still available, Column, and it does kind of jump out to me as somebody we might consider even where we are at the running back position if kendra gets back to us i don't know about you but he looked pretty in incredible in uh preseason week two yeah we have as well sean mentioned how you know the zero rb guys can can disappear pretty quickly and um over the that spell since oh he, do, he does go there sean over the last spell since we took mems spears went in the next pick and it was musgrave henry zay jones elijah mitchell Adam Thielen, but Algier goes then, Dak Prescott, then Rashawn Johnson, then Tyler Boyd. Oconco, Sean, went uh, quite a bit after ADP in this draft, which was was interesting. Usually the 10th the, the round goes in the, the last pick of the 12th the round here in this particular draft. Jake Ferguson's after going. But after that, Mingo, Zamir White, Kendry Miller, who Sean mentioned. So we are seeing some of those guys get hit. And I'm always interested, Sean, in who's drafting against us with your rankings and, and things like that. But I know Jamal Williams isn't high in your rankings, but we get a Johnson, Miller, Brees Hall running back crew here in the, the third spot. We'll see who gets back, who lasts back. But I feel like the tight ends and the, the quarterback will be an option here. You, you mentioned Goff. I, I I think it's worth the, the play here at this particular point if he gets back. So he's usually in that 14th round. is right at ADP. If he would last back here, it would make all the sense in the world, I think, to, to take him. There's a chance that... Somebody does make the the leap and grab him, but everyone between us now and our pick has at least one quarterback, one of those guys having, having two QBs. But we'll see what happens. Stranger things could play out. But usually, you know, if this was a baseball draft, you'd be thinking somebody's just going to try and snipe you to ruin your, your stacks. But we have Laporta, we have St. Brown, so it kind of will we'll fit in here. Um, 
with what we're doing. So let's see how it plays out. Josh, Justin Tucker, sorry, first kicker off the board in the mid-13th. Obviously, the best kicker in the NFL. Makes sense that he's the first one off the board. So we'll see some of those kind of plays come into effect here. But we have seen Sean quarterback and tight end be a little bit interesting in this. We've seen a lot of falling quarterbacks in this draft, and we've seen tight end get – I mentioned Conquo going that little bit later, but most of the guys have been – been pulled up quite a bit so the other player that may be in the mix but i think we're pretty set at at the wide receiver position unless we get completely overpassed with our options here but um rondell moore goes in this kind of a, a zone other quarterbacks that haven't gone you know kurt cousins hasn't gone off the board yet uh geno smith Aaron Rodgers, lots lots of quarterback options and and kind of you don't get the elite options but i feel once you go past those elite guys this is the tier that you want to be operating in and it may be a case we take off here and we still like you you played about with earlier with uh kyler murray for example but there is a lot of other options to get that second option desmond ritter often going undrafted in this format so lots lots of potential options mostert goes off the board along with damian harris so now sean we are three oh that one quick the san francisco defense and jerome ford went off the board in rapid session so we're set up here sean jared goff i think is the, the clear first pick here for us and then we can discuss that second option but with what we've built so far i think i'm probably leaning into the the tight end crew so you're thinking tight end and i, I definitely understand and, and i'm also i'm willing that. i'm willing to push tight end um but i'm also thinking there's select ones like there's probably four tight ends that maybe probably max four tight ends that we really want to get on this roster Kirk cousins goes off the board yeah, the issue as we move forward is that, I mean, you're probably going to reach at some point. And so, who are you the least? Well, the, the other to lose? the other players in the mix, if we pass on the the tight end position for me, would be probably by by op- options would be Hubbard and then more. So, have you another name? Well, we have JSN, and again, I don't put a huge amount of emphasis on this in redraft. But, I mean, Gino is a full round below ADP, and we could apply some of what we discussed in the last show, which, again, you, you resisted. And so I, I don't, I don't want to push it if you're not comfortable with it. But this idea of getting quite a few of these quarterbacks and seeing how the early season progresses, I, I, it's tricky because you, you, you kind of think, well, I mean, Gino – played well last year he's got the three stars he's around below adp i don't know that there is like any significant difference between him and sam howell desmond ritter yeah. brock purdy and that would be that would be my the only reason i would go against it is if we have golf now who we have selected we have the option to pick up those guys later on okay so you want to lock mayor in so we don't get stuck at tight end uh well if you want to go mayor, I would have probably, and McBride's a reach here, I would probably went for him over mayor. Do you want to go with Hubbard? Have you strong lean for, I, I think we could get that fifth running back would make sense to the cupboard here. Um. <laughs> Sean takes my command. <laughs> what happened, Sean? Tell me what happened. What happened was that we did run down to the end of time. I didn't have it enough time to explain my full thought process on this which is that hunter henry went early which took one of those guys out i think the only two remaining 
draftable tight ends are Michael Mayer and Trey McBride, both of whom are just very risky in their own rights. And so if we think those are the only two guys and we need three because we're taking a ton of risk, then we probably need to lock that position in and let running back fall. It's one of the things that we can do when we took the three running backs early. So between the different positional elements and then what we're looking at for ADP here and how many guys are going to be left at the different picks. Now, Hubbard is the only remaining running back that we have currently in the queue, but players who might do something similar, Ty Chandler, you know, maybe a Deuce Vaughn, Kyron Williams has generated a lot of buzz. It was cool because the first edition of the zero RB list came out on Wednesday and then and it featured sean tucker as number 15 and the very next day he's splitting reps with the first team with rashad white that part was pretty cool i think that those guys not that they're going to be chuba or that it's the exact same play but i think it's similar enough that if we miss chuba we're still okay if we miss mayor we were going to be in deep trouble yeah that, if, now that you've talked to it that is is very fair so i will I'll give you a pass on that one, Sean. I'll give you a pass. Uh, <laughs> but we get uh, we get Mayer and to go with Laporta. And I said there was four names. Sean has corrected me. There was there's basically three names. McBride, just for people who are, are listening in and wondering where he may go, it's going to be interesting. Like we take we take Mayer there, Sean, at the fourteen oh one. He he is usually a sixteenth round pick, and, and Trey McBride is usually a nineteenth round pick. So to talk through that, we have kind of set in our mind that those last probably three rounds, maybe four rounds, are going to be a mixture of kicker defense and another quarterback. You know, we're looking into Sam Howell potentially. You know, Brock Purdy would be there. Kenny Pickett, as Sean mentioned, Kyler Murray is a, a 16th round pick. So in terms of strategy. Stra- <laughs> I feel like you're really wanting to say strategery. From a strategic point of view, what would we be thinking about in terms of like I think are you, are you thinking at the next turn we just we just go and get McBride if that's the only name we have left at that position and and it becomes a because this can get very flat very quick unless Hubbard makes it back to us Chandler did go and I don't expect Hubbard to make it back to us he's creeping towards the top of ADP here uh, Rondell Moore who we've talked about a few times and Hubbard are top top three with the Philadelphia defense. So unless we see kind of a, a defensive run here, but Deuce Vaughn potentially makes it back to us in the next round as well. And um, obviously you mentioned the drum beat down in, in Tampa there as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, so we can get some big fallers at these prices, this range of the draft. We can get some big reaches. The 15-16 would be the turn that we would need to get McBride if we want to definitively say that he's going to be on that roster. But we can also be a little bit gutsier and pass him through. I thought there was a possibility that we might continue to see just some massive QB followers. It'll be interesting to track what happens here over the final seven six and a half rounds gino did go two picks after we selected aaron Rodgers goes in the middle of the 14th we're now getting some wide receiver names like van jefferson and Jaden reed who are coming off we do have two kickers who have come off i think especially with the bucker situation that probably makes sense we have the san francisco defense so managers will be addressing a wide range of objectives as we tick down to the end chuba at the 14 12 so he doesn't come back around we do lose him colin how comfortable are you with just having the four running backs considering the four guys that we have oh yeah very comfortable how comfortable are you with taking a bunch of quarterbacks now that we didn't start off with six running backs sean uh more open to the quarterback option okay okay <laughs> Uh, we can make compromises. What are you thinking when you say a, a bunch? Are you thinking three, like we talked about, or more than three? <laughs> Sean, are things about to get wacky here? <laughs> Potentially more than three. But we'll have to see who's there. See who's there. I, I feel like, obviously, you can get overconfident and... Um, projecting these guys forward as to what could happen for the this season for these quarterbacks but it feels like the quarterbacks that are going this late in the draft have a lot of upside with their profiles and i obviously you're kind of almost taking in some insurance on that position as well and something you did talk through on the friday episode and made a lot of sense that i wasn't thinking fully through before you mentioned it is the acquisition value of some of these guys so we see in this draft for example the drafter out of nine takes allen and two and two it was after his adp but that was two quarterbacks through 11 rounds we have um another team who got a discount on dak prescott but that was lamar jackson and dak prescott through 12 rounds so we're seeing that and then if it's a case that you really push it out and you let's say sam howell would fit into that category even a desmond redder like if desmond redder comes out in week one and this may not happen but you know throws for three touchdowns rushes for a touchdown he's going to be somebody that people are probably looking to, to pick up on and add to that roster and it mightn't even be week one but you know once we really start to get to the buys having some of these guys who have started to break out would 
provide you know a discount to what you're trying to do on the waiver wire with other positions so i'm guessing that's still your kind of thought process as to why we would take more than two because like it feels like in most redraft leagues you're going to be and obviously the stakes involved in this but most redraft leagues you're probably going to be like well i have one quarterback and i'm pretty happy that i'll you know use him for a, a portion of the season at least through the bye but then if you get into a situation where he he gets injured or, or doesn't perform you're obviously picking a quarterback up off the waiver wire but i don't think the competition for the waiver wire in most leagues are as, as stringent as it will be here in the the main event with the tactics that would be employed and then the other part is if you take two and then let's say one of them buster gets injured so that you're kind of taking quarterback insurance with trying to get players that should have been drafted at that point in the eighth or ninth round of the draft yeah i mean anybody who blows up in weeks one or two at qb is gonna get a big bid and so you either have to let him go at that point or you have to bid over an opponent and that torches so much of that free agent budget that you're going to need late in the season to make that big running back free agent acquisition even if you don't end up needing him yourself you're going to want to block the other two or three teams that are competing for the title with you and i really want to build this team to win the entire tournament not just have the upside to win this league i think that sam howell has massive upside i think desmond ritter has massive upside i think kenny pickett has very serious upside i think brock purdy has crazy weapons but i'm not foolish enough to think that i can pick the guy who's going to definitely do it this year why would you not stash those guys when they're virtually free the names who have gone in this round like the last six picks are michael gallup isaiah hodgins michael wilson darius slayton hayden hurst and deuce vaughn and when you're we passing get to, up on that the, kind of player <laughs> this is I mean, the this is the 15th round when we get into if you think about the you know the, the 18th round here it's gonna it gets pretty ugly from this point forward so there isn't many guys we're targeting we're one pick away sean we're hoping that we get a bypass here and we we get our guy trey mcbride who is well away by adp terms um on the roster here it is the dallas defense that goes i, I think for me mcbride is the the first pickup it is interesting that rondell moore continues to to fall down here but are you good with getting that the, the, because there's really nobody else we wanted at the tight end position at this point yeah i think that we should go with trey mcbride and then kind of my question for you with all of those qbs being available where where are you feeling the most upside is if we start to stash some qbs at this point i think it's probably kyler murray and sam howell obviously you're missing a portion of the season with murray and i still have some concerns that they're not gonna go all in uh, to try and win games this season with some of the moves they've made already i don't know if we should just take howell and and see who comes back to us because i have a feeling that you know between pickett purdy and murray somebody gets back and so have you a preference well Pickett has looked awfully good and he is the most expensive of the three or four i mean kyler murray is the most expensive the other thing here is that if you want to give you know any little edge to the qb with one of our receivers we have brandon Ayuk, and so i think that i mean for me i still think howell is the guy with the most upside he's probably a little bit more likely to come back than some of the other names um who would you regret missing out on the most out of these guys 
eight seconds left to go. Colin, I mean, this is this is the OT. Yes. <laughs> Had to be, Sean. Had to be. How do you feel about that? Is that is that a pick you would have made if I didn't kind of try and guilt you into making it? We'll say no, because I do think that he was going to come back. I would have taken him at the next turn. I think that there is a little potential for regret if we don't get Purdy or Pickett coming back. And yet, and Colin, we're not going to talk about Sam Howell all season long and then have him look good in the preseason, which again comes with these huge caveats of, <laughs> you know, it's against backups and defenses that are not running their real stuff. I mean, you should look good. I mean, Jordan Love has looked good. Do we feel like Jordan Love is locked in or that Kenny Pickett is locked in because they look good in the preseason? I mean, you should look good. But it's better than looking bad. I mean, we're going to talk about him from January to August 25th and then pass him in the main event. I mean, you got to go with your guys in the main event. Well, that's the one thing I was going to say is uh, we do talk about these drafts and we do say we draft the players. We talk about Sean. I think the listeners, like it, they may have thought at one point it was a bet. But uh, we're drafting Sam Howell uh, in all formats, and, and we're very happy about it. So we'll see if it works out. But we are putting the money on the players that we, we have discussed. So it's not a case of we, we're going to back out and, and hide at the end of the day. But Rondell Moore goes, Sean, auto pick at this point of the draft. A, a really strong discount on that pick. I well, it's feel one Sean, reason to put upside. your team just on auto pick late in the draft and let it do its job for you one of the the best auto pick selections you could probably get at this point i think um when we look though sam howell i just feel the upside is is so high i also think that party with everything if it all clicks in terms of he continues to do what he did last year but also we get a, a healthy debo Branton now takes a step forward again and then kettle stays healthy i think he has huge huge upside but i also feel like in a weird way, I feel like I have more question marks about that because I think that they are going to be so good that they're going to you know, beat teams up on both sides of the ball and win pretty comfortably. Whereas I still think Washington are going to have to really try and put up points to keep with teams. Um, also, like this isn't the exact reason as well, but they're going to face off against the Eagles twice this season. Which <laughs> if you want to beat the Eagles, you're going to, have to put up points. Um, and it also may play in nicely with the likes of CD Lamb, even though they're not going to be facing each other directly. They're going to be facing them twice this season. Uh, and I think that division has the potential to be pretty high scoring. So Purdy does go off the board. I, I don't think, Sean, it's something that I – we may regret it at the end of the season, but I don't think come the end of the draft it's going to be something that we, we will say that we regret passing. Pickett would be a nice one to come back, I think would be – would be an interesting play and with having Howell and Goff it really opens the door for Kyler Murray although you know you're, you're not going to get him to start the season but you're not looking to have him he's just one of those players you're going to stash like Kyler Murray if he's coming back in, in week six week seven he's going to be a, a very high acquisition cost but I think you can with the way this roster is constructed would you have more confidence in and being able to hold him through that zone so like obviously we could have injuries over the next two weeks to etn williams and, and stevenson but you know usually we would not have that kind of player on the roster and then we're, we're trying to you know keep 
picking up potential running back starters for the roster but because this team should be pretty locked in at running back it's probably a little bit easier to to take that quarterback through the roster and i'm just going to ask you now is that part of your thinking when you were thinking about you know going a running back heavy draft and still taking three quarterbacks yeah i mean that kind of thought experiment that we ran through where you take six running backs to start then you take six wide receivers i think the receivers are there for it because one of the things that i'm looking at right now is that Rasheed rice and marvin mims in rounds 11 and 12 i really like now that may just be you know too much enthusiasm for somebody who does like to draft rookies but i mean those profiles at those prices Rasheed rice should be more expensive than sky Moore was last season and he's there because sky Moore busted and so i mean you take advantage of that marvin mims we absolutely love we have four rookie wide receivers and there are going to be some listeners who look at that and say i mean you've got a lot of risk there maybe your team is actually just on the ross st brown cd lamb and brandon Ayuk. but one of the things with that is that if you have those three elite running backs then you still have your early season covered just with those guys so we can work through that element of it i do think that if you get that balanced production early in the draft because it's just so important this year and you get such I don't say great values, but we talked about this necessity of handling both running back and wide receiver this year because you always have to handle wide receiver and then running back is giving you these crazy prices. The question then you have to answer is, well, how do I pass on all of those elite quarterbacks and still compete? I think that this is the way to do it, or it's at least one possible way to do it, and it's humility-based. We talk about being humility-based all the time. So that part of it I really like as we come down here to these last couple of picks it'll be interesting we have two picks remaining that are not going to be kicker and defense and then we do have the kicker and defense as we look at that there are a couple of names that aren't qbs now i think we could go to four qbs here because taking two out of three of pickett murray and ritter appeals to me a whole lot because again we just don't know but the other two names that really jump out to me down the stretch here are Sean Tucker and Justin Ross. I think that maybe Mike Gesicki would also fit into that. It seems like the injury that kept him out for a while is maybe not going to be a huge deal. And I still have some optimism that he could be kind of a joker player in that offense, especially if Tyquan Thornton is not going to do anything. I mean, you're starting to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster and Devontae Parker as being the main targets in that offense. That would seem to leave a lot on the table for other people. I know that you weren't, necessarily thinking of taking that many qbs anyway when you look at tucker you look at ross contrast them with the quarterbacks who are left and we're trying to figure out how do we win a tournament what do you find most appealing as we head to the 17 18 turn i like tucker and ross uh but i i don't think it's a case that i i think we make if, if they make it both to us i think we make a a call on that the part i was going to ask you about was do you see any value in taking the kicker of the defense before the 19th or 20th round that was my plan coming in i'm just wondering just from your perspective is there anyone that's standing out are you happy to wait that would be kind of my thought would be i'm happy to wait and then i do think that i'm open to the third quarterback and then one of those players if that became the the way we play it out well i really like evan mcpherson so if he had been there i would have made an argument for him he does go however and so with that potential play being off the table then i don't have 
a preference Pickett there. Goes. So Pickett goes. We still have – it's interesting. Russell Wilson is still there. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Uh, Feels like, again, you know, it may be the end of Russell Wilson, but if you're looking in the, this portion of the draft in the late 17th round, well below his projected ADP for this format in the 15th round, feels like there's still upside there. I, I'm not advocating to draft him, but, you know, if we're talking about Kyler, who's been injured, potentially bouncing back, you know, there's, there's still a chance here, I think, for, for Russell at this point of the draft. Desmond Ritter, the reason I was asking Sean about the kicker and defense part, Ritter is likely to be available to us in the 20th round as a potential option. That was the reason I was was thinking of that. Um, one pick away. Oh, and, uh, goes away. to the drafter who knows what he's doing. Yeah. <sighs> that would have been a nice pick to finish out the, the running backs. He, that's a disappointing one. First real disappointing one for me, I think, of the, the entire draft. I'm good here for you. Do you want to take a shot on Justin Ross? He's really the only. I know you mentioned Gasecki. I don't have a strong lean there. I think I, I would. I would rather Ross for the potential upside there. What's your thoughts? Yeah. So you you prefer? I, I would prefer Ross over Gasecki if we're looking at like a non-quarterback option. Okay, we'll take Justin Ross there because again, I mean, there's this outside chance that he actually even blows up in week one in which case you'd love to have it which is also thursday night football so colin what i'm looking at here is we could take tyler bass and have a kicker on an explosive offense who has a late buy and so you don't have to deal with that element as you go through and then we would be kind of looking at ritter in the 19th or we could go ahead and stash kyler murray here and be looking at the potential to again have a tournament winning kind of guy in the 18th round which direction are you leaning i'm not against the kicker option if you if, do you want to go that way i guess i'm willing i'm kind of willing to see what comes back to us at the quarterback position okay so we'll take bass and see how the rest of the league plays this and that, that again we did i mentioned numerous times in this draft the last two rounds but you know you're getting the buffalo bills kicker kicking in buffalo can be a challenge but you're also on an offense that should give them a, a lot of opportunities to to kick. And the the late bye week's a nice thing to not have to be overly concerned about. Um, obviously, Sean made that pitch to draft the kicker. I hadn't mentioned the kicker before that, so that was a Sean Siegel pick. <laughs> I really do think we could get. Um, I think we can get Redder in the the last turn here, and I think that's. We, straight up would you rather take the chance on Ritter with the unknown I know it's not unknown but going into the second season where we haven't seen much or Kyler Murray going into the season where we've seen the upside we have seen the downside and then he's coming back from an injury yeah I mean there's no question that Kyler Murray is one of those guys who gives you that elite upside he's talked about trying to be ready for week one that was never particularly realistic and yet rumors of an adrian peterson like recovery were out there we got probably not great news yesterday with the trade for joshua dobbs and one of the little nuggets that has also now been floating around with that is that the cardinals may be telling people that 
Murray's chances to play this year are not great, which our great friend Ben Gretsch has been saying all along <laughs> is the way that he is kind of seeing this. And so that concern now makes it tough because again, you have to burn a very important roster spot where you go into week one, week two, every year is a little bit different. And last year wasn't perfect for this. But when we think about how you're going to spend your free agent budget, most of the time, the most effective ways to get your bang for the buck there and to turn those last two roster spots into guys who can make a difference as opposed to just names who are at the end of your bench is to spend meaningfully across those first couple of weeks. If you've got a guy who may never play for you and you're burning their roster spot, then that hurts you. And so those are the kind of competing elements there. Every day that it becomes less likely that Murray plays, and I guess I'm always skeptical kind of in both directions. I'm skeptical when people come out and say a certain player is going to be healthy, they're going to do it, they're going to beat expectations, they're going to be 100%. And I'm also skeptical when people say there's no chance that you know this guy is done for the year, that the team doesn't have incentive to play him, that they're not going to be competitive. I mean, this is professional sports. If we meet in the middle, then I think Murray is still interesting. And yet, because of that problematic element there, maybe we decide to go a different direction. There are guys we want to see in week one and two. We're not going to get that with Kyler Murray. And to stash him and then have a Sam Howell blow up, to have a Desmond Ritter blow up, that's going to be doubly impactful in terms of a, a gut punch that we had the option of avoiding. The, the other part with it then is like we see the teams with one quarterback so far. So we have the team in, in one, they have Herbert. We have the team in two, they have Mahomes. The team in three has Burrow. Um, the only one quarterback team that remains um, that you'll be saying should be taking at least a second one here would be Deshaun Watson. Um to the drafter out of the fifth slot so we have seen the team in one pass again on quarterback um they may just be built into the elite options that they have selected and say a herbert mahomes borrow we'll see if the two and three pass but sean if the two and three pass i don't know if there's gonna be a lot of other teams that are really considering going for that third option which again would open the doors of one of them getting back to us even Russell Wilson, should he make it back to the 1920 turn, becomes interesting as well because it gives you that couple of weeks to see if the Broncos are bouncing back with Sean Payton or if they are, if Wilson is, is done and dusted. So we'll see what happens. We we have a, a number of picks, obviously, to get back to us here at this particular point. We have eight picks to go. I'm, I'm pretty confident, Sean, one of these three guys get back in Wilson, Murray, or Ritter. As I say that, the Kansas City defense goes off the board with somebody who isn't in consideration. You mentioned Justin Ross as well, who could go off in week one. That is the Thursday night football game. So we have quite a bet involved in that, which means the options to potentially switch some of those guys in or out post Thursday night football. So that could be could be nice as well. It would also mean that he's somebody whose value, if, if that did happen, would increase quite a bit after week one. So playing it out here, moving along. We have to get a defense, obviously, Sean. So I, I, I don't want to to go against your dream here. Do you want to get that third quarterback? Yes. Are, uh, is there, is there another? 
We could take two defenses. <laughs> the two defense play is probably less ideal. Curtis Samuel is still there. Mike Gesicki is still there. Those guys are names to think about if we lose the two quarterbacks that we are targeting. The seconds tick down to our selection, Sean. We have two picks to go. We're going to do them back-to-back here in the 19th and 20th round. Since we talked, no quarterback has been drafted, so this round has worked out pretty well for us. We'll definitely have an option at one of them. There is concerns around Kyler and if he is going to be involved for the season. Does that there, you know, with it being a 19th round pick, still have, you know, we can we can cut him if he's if he's not getting used, but how do you feel about that and potentially having to hold him for, for longer than you'd want? Doesn't matter, Sean. We are on the clock and Desmond Ritter's available. <laughs> what do you think? Well, let's, I mean, we like Desmond Ritter better than Russell Wilson, right? I think that's fair to say. Who though, who again, who has the most upside? Say Jerry Judy's back. We get Sutton, we get the tight ends going, we get Javante going. What's Wilson's upside this year? Who can be a top 12, let's say quarterback? Desmond Ritter. Okay. So Colomar, other selection here needs to be a defense. We have the Bengals looking at Deshaun Watson and Cleveland in week one, and they have been a little bit, eh, some mixed reviews, we'll say, from their camp. The one that I'm looking at here, though, the Jacksonville Jaguars have Anthony Richardson in his debut. That feels like a way to potentially put up a defensive touchdown, get some sacks. You comfortable I like, with- I like defenses on offense as you think are going to score a lot of points and both of these teams fit yeah which fits more for you since since he's interesting jacksonville is interesting as well so i'll, I'll let you split the difference but they both fit the bill for that yeah i think that the huge difference there between the week one anthony richardson and yeah deshaun watson is the tiebreaker for me i like having that extreme upside again we want to get out there and win that week one game Colin, we had one big disappointment, but when your disappointment comes in round 17, then you've had a good draft. We only took the four running backs total. That was something that also did on the ship chasing draft the other night. We have a build here with three tight ends, all of them relatively late, three QBs, all of them early late. We did miss out on... Drake London at the 5'11", but we're very happy with the options we had. We missed out on Marquise Brown at the 7'11", but you know, probably in retrospect are actually happier about the guys that we do get. Recap the team for us and give me your thoughts. Yeah, so in terms of the the overall team, I'll go through it first in an order of draft pick, then we'll go through it in position, but it's Amon Ross and Brown, CeeDee Lamb, Ramondre Stevenson, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams, Brant Nayuk, JSN, Zay Flowers, Sam Laporta, Rashad Penny, Rasheed Rice, Marvin Mims, Jared Goff. Then we get Mayer, McBride, Sam Howell, Justin Ross, Tyler Bass, Desmond Ritter, Sean Gis is third quarterback, and then we get the, the Jags defense. So in terms of the quarterbacks, it's Goff, Howell, and Ritter. Kicker, obviously Tyler Bass, defense, Jacksonville. Tight end is Sam Laporta. 
Michael Mayer and Trey McBride. So a lot of youth there, but a lot of upside as well. It'll be interesting to see how the tight ends kick off the season with, you know, with the youth built into them. Then at running back, Sean mentioned four options, Stevenson, ETN, Williams, and Penny. And then at wide receiver, it's St. Brown, Lamb, Ayuk, JSN, Zay Flowers, Rasheed Rice. We get Marvin Mims and we get Justin Ross. Interesting, Sean. We didn't talk about this at the time. I don't know if it was coming into your decision if we had Tucker and Ross both on the board. We do have two of the, the KC wide receivers. So again, very much uh, invested in that Thursday night football, which gives us flexibility then with the starting lineup. So we have Mims and Ross. We have St. Brown, Laporta, and also Jared Goff. Yeah, I mean, I, I love having that. It's just such a, a free square and you think about well where could those guys go if they blow up in week one and if she rice has seven catches for if either of those guys are after kelsey the next leading target you know getter from Mahomes in that opening game let's say one of those guys gets seven or eight targets automatically they're up into the seven eight round range i would imagine yeah i mean i think if he goes seven for 80 and a touchdown which is not impossible at all we would be happy with that. I think we well, he would go in our lineup, but also in those handful of drafts that happened between the Thursday night game and Sunday morning. I mean, I think he could go in round five, could go in round five, and so that part of it is a lot of fun. You could see a similar dynamic for Sam Laporta, who I think would have to go in between Dallas Goddard and Evan Ingram if he has a big game. Probably a lot less likely that Justin Ross has a big game, but you never know. And then Jerry Goff, if he has to play catch up with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs don't have Chris Jones, which the last time I checked in on that, it sounded like they very well might not. When you think about that game between Kansas City and Jerry Goff, I believe in the year that Patrick Mahomes took the NFL by storm and the Jerry Goff rams blew up over there with sean McVay. i believe that game had both teams in the 40s if you get a game like that from lions chiefs then jerry goff is gonna go in i mean again he's gonna be up there with trevor lawrence and so to be able to make those plays in this draft and to not have to reach for them i think if you're factoring that in so heavily that you make a bunch of moves to where you're giving up adp value then you know, you look at over the, after the Thursday night game and you're like, well, now those guys are going to go around or two lower and you've lost across the board. I guess if the Lions players in that game disappoint, it will be frustrating and it certainly won't help our team's outlook. But at the prices that we've paid here, I would still be fine. But there is a lot of upside. Colin, what are you thinking about the rest of the players? I'm very, very pleased with how it's played out. I was just doing some calculation here in the background, Sean, in terms of the players for people listening who may be interested in you know prepping for the draft with the adp with the rounds and with sean's rankings up on the site i kind of made a spreadsheet to split out the players who we may be interested in at, at their rounds at their adps and how that may play out so you have the entire draft but looking at you know taking out kicker and defense through the draft itself and we we look at potential options I have a total of 97 names, Sean, that would have covered 18 rounds that we would actually have been interested in drafting. And there's some of those players that would be borderline. And you mentioned you know, not uh, reaching on players. That was one of the concerns that we could potentially have had drafting from the 112, where I know we did talk about it at the time, but somebody like a, a Brian Robinson 
who would be going kind of you know 12 to 14 picks after our pick the the only real players that we started to make those moves and make those reaches on or when we got to Trey McBride, Sam Howell, because we really felt strongly that we wanted those guys on the roster. But outside of that, every other player was, you know, pretty much in that range of pick. And uh, picking from the twelve, it feels like sometimes you could just get nipped on every single one of the tiers as you go down through that. And we were getting a little bit of pressure from that one eleven drafter where they did a really nice job in this draft. But I think in terms of the preparation and how i was thinking you know two hours ago as we kick off this draft you know drafting the main event there's always a little bit more nerves and uh, nervous energy than there is drafting and you know let's say a bbm draft for example because the difference in cost is huge i'm i'm delighted with how this draft has, has turned out and i know people may listen and they may be thinking you mentioned the rookies maybe some players in there that people maybe are watching this on youtube and they are thinking you know sam howell what's going on there or trey mcbride or the rookie tight ends let us know your thoughts but they're all players that we are are really heavily targeting this year and in terms of getting those targets out of those names that i mentioned that that's pretty perfect yeah and the one area of the draft or the team where I think we could be a lot stronger would be tight end. It would have been great if Fryermuth hadn't made it two more spots. Although, I mean, again, probably not going to make the, it past the drafter in the Seven yeah. Eleven. Once he's then gone, if he did, if he did make it, you're you're probably passing there on Flowers. But you know, that would be the decision point then between him and Flowers. JSN obviously would have made it in. In terms of the, I think what you're going to say is when he's gone, we've pretty much got the. There's probably like five tight end targets we have after that point, potentially. We've got three of them. Yeah, and I think that the other spot that you're looking at there is probably Dulcich in the 10-01. And we took Penny. I like that as a big upside play if you're going to... I mean, round 10 isn't exactly a stash, but I think that you can play that Eagles offense that way and see how things develop for a couple of weeks. I mean, your round 10 pick you need to eventually have a use for, but we know that his upside there is just so extreme. I think that you could pick Dulcich at that spot and feel pretty good about it, especially after the Judy injury. But again, if the Judy injury isn't that big of a deal, then you're kind of back to where you were before. I guess I'm not as concerned. I'm concerned about the fact that Dulcich might not run as many routes, might not be the star, might not have that big time breakout upside but i think that he's going to do fine this season whereas so many of the other tight ends i think are very much sort of hope and pray kinds of moves and really you're just hoping that they score some points for you sometimes the guy who has demonstrated some upside in the past would be higby there at the 10 11 i guess i wouldn't necessarily expect that to continue but you can certainly understand why that selection would be made once those guys are gone I mean, again, I do like what we had, but that was part of our preparation too, was knowing that we basically had two choices. One was to select Mark Andrews at the one, two turn. And you could easily see a situation where we regret not doing that. The other one was that we were going to have to go with this Laporta, Mayer, McBride type of tight end room. And we were comfortable with that. We were prepared for that. We were going to try and create advantages off of that at the other positions I think it's mission accomplished from that perspective. Yeah, and for people who did listen in the last Friday show, we talked about the lit young kind of tight end options. We also talked about the lit 
quarterback options. People that listened to that show as this draft progressed, I'm sure they were saying that we've ticked off a lot of those objectives. Whether it works throughout the season, we'll wait and see. But that is kind of giving you that ups- upside. You mentioned, Sean, during the draft, you know, to have the wide receivers we start off with, with some Brian Lamb, Ayuk, JSN, and then Zay Flowers, and then to also have the three running backs and Stevenson, Etienne, and Javante Williams. You know, that is all part of you have to pass on Mark Andrews, who we mentioned. And we did talk about it in that preview show as well. Drafting at the back of the draft with ADP, it's very, very hard to get one of those tight ends unless Firemouth does come unless goddard comes to that pick we didn't really have realistic expectations of that so i think pre-draft preparation and the planning that went into it i think is has worked out here and i think we've completed those objectives as you have mentioned i think sean any final thoughts i think i think we have recapped the team some of the teams you know we'll not go through each team but i I do notice the kyle pitts drafter hasn't taken a second tight end the only drafter that went with one tight end we do get a team with Mark Andrews, George Kettle on it, which will be interesting to see how that develops throughout the season. We get a Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby team, and the rest of them are kind of uh, a mixture of, of combination of late round tight ends out. So that's what's obviously tight end premium. But I think overall, it's going to be fun to see this. And hopefully, as we track it throughout the season, we are up and running and we're into those playoffs and we're challenging for the, the big money here. Yeah, I, I love this squad. So doesn't mean it's going to win, but you want to be prepared to execute your draft plan. We did that. We liked the guys. We hope everyone enjoyed listening. A lot of fun for us to do. Really pleased with how it came out. If you want to check out any of the other Rotoviz Overtime content, you can find it on YouTube, on the Rotoviz YouTube channel. We're aiming to get to 2,500 before week one of the NFL season. Need about 40, maybe 30 more, I think, to get to that landmark. So if you haven't subscribed already, please do so if you're watching over there drop us a comment we would really appreciate that hit the thumbs up button and if you're listening on the audio side obviously drop us a written and review we would really appreciate that as well my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host is sean siegel check out all of sean's work up on rotaviz.com including the zero rb list which is now available and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.